Welcome to Friday Friends with Ani and Sandro. Ani Tree23, Twitter, Instagram. I'm at only Sandro. You can reach us at Friday Friends email at gmail.com. We're your Friday friends that help you uh, learn to be a better person, and we are breaking down fantasy football because honestly, if it wasn't for fantasy football, me and Ani would not be friends. That is very true. But I would like to think that our lives would have connected some way or another. No, because we don't okay. like the same shows. We don't cool, like the cool. same music. We only we like J. Cole. We like some Netflix yeah, shows. Yeah, we love J. Cole. Uh, last week, you know, we talked about our top favorite shows that we finished. And mine was My Name is Earl as my number one. And uh, yeah, you gave me this look. We didn't even talk after that. I just kind of left where we... We uh, record the podcast. So. I mean, I feel like we would have, we our paths would have interlocked when, like, you probably would have tweeted something like, I'm super all in on Kalafani Mohammed in this preseason game. And I would have been like, oh, he likes Mo. I like Mo. Friends. I'm upset because I did not play him last <laughs> night. And uh, I think he was one of the top scorers. Yeah, football's back. Yes. You're officially back. We have a football game every week now until the Super Bowl. Or the week after the Super Bowl, I guess I should say. Exciting stuff there. I mean, uh, this is what we've been waiting for. I've been counting down. I'm tired of betting on baseball, playing DFS baseball, watching baseball, talking baseball. Nah, it's none of that. Football's back. I'll dive right into this preseason game right here. Yeah, we're. I'm super excited football's back. We got a great show for you guys. We're going to be breaking down the AFC South today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Hall of Fame game and uh, also, we're going to continue the trend as our best friends, Melvin Gordon and Zeke, are holding out. We're going to kind of dive in a little bit deeper because... Um, they're not best friends. They're not Friday friends. No, they're not Friday friends. No. Not for our fantasy teams. But before that, I want to get into... Uh, we always like to talk about pop culture stuff. And I, I'm, I'm here to convince Ani that his parents don't love him. Good luck. And I've already, I've already convinced myself... Uh, of this and the reason why I bring this up is because uh, Ani did your did your parents figure out a way to scam your your uh, wonderful university into giving you more financial aid I do not believe so no so uh, coming out uh, earlier this week there was a story about uh, I think this is out of Illinois but it has impacted other college kids as well but parents are giving up custody of their kids to get uh more financial aid what the heck how so how? what's the scam so what they're doing I'm taking notes is, yeah exactly so what these parents are doing is they're giving up legal guardianship of their children during their junior or senior year in high school to someone else so either a friend or a relative whether it's an aunt a cousin or a grandparent and then that student is declaring themselves as financially independent of their family, so they qualify for uh, federal and state aid for universities through the uh, Pro Publica, uh, or it's for this specific university, but it it's uh, out of uh, Illinois. So my thing is this: there's probably other schools that are being scammed this way. But have your parents ever approached you and said, hey, Ani, we're, we're going to give you up. You're going to be living with your, our neighbor. No, nope, they, they have never done that. The only, like, I guess, quote unquote scam of like education or like, you know, tuition that I've seen that like a couple of my friends have done is like they're from New York, 
but they have a beach house in Ocean City, Maryland. So they got, so my friend had a Maryland driver's license and when like getting to college, his residency was Maryland, the beach house. So he had in-state tuition, even though he's, he's they all live in New York. Yeah. yeah. I, and I thought of that too, for a while when my dad lives in Florida, he's lived there for most of my life. And I kind of thought that there were a lot of schools that I wanted to go to in Florida. And I was thinking, well, maybe I could, I could do this too. But when I looked into it, since I didn't live with my dad and you know, whatever custody nonsense, it, it was going to be more work than needed. Plus, I don't think I got into any of those schools. Oh, that so. there, there's the real reason. <laughs> so there is a little tough, but um, yeah, I, I. So your parents don't love you. I I don't see how we get from not scamming universities to the not loving me part. But um, I'm gonna have to disagree with it, you on. It's that. okay, man. I when I found out my parents didn't love me, I I was very um, you know, I denied it, but I. I'm telling you, they don't love you. They didn't try to get you into school for free. They didn't try to give you away to a family member. They didn't try to give your sister away to a family member so you can claim independence from them, financial independence from them. Uh, so yeah, they don't they don't love you, man. Well, I wonder if my dad is going to listen to this podcast. I think he listens to one every like three weeks. So um, he always asks me, he's like, did you guys record? I'm like, you know, you can go onto iTunes and listen. But if you are listening, dad, uh, please email us at FridayFriendsEmail at gmail.com and just say, um, I love my son. That'd be nice to get a little reassurance there. Um, you can also tweet at me at Anisree23. And that's also my Instagram there. You can follow Sandro on Twitter and Instagram at only Sandro, but yeah, that um, little reassurance would be nice. All three, uh, all three platforms would be nice too. And to tell Sandro you love him too. Can you adopt me so I don't have to be financially independent anymore? That's that's what I need. I yeah, need- we, we we could have Sandro in the family. Yeah. So I want to move on to other scams that I've personally noticed. I haven't seen any articles about this, but um, I'm kind of worried for people on Twitter, uh, specifically looking to be in fantasy leagues. I've noticed there are a lot of people using the hashtag fantasy football or they're just tweeting out fantasy football and they're basically saying, hey, I want to be in a fantasy football league. Is anyone looking for an extra person? Which is cool. That's what social media is for, right? Bringing people together. But I did notice that there are um, what I'm calling scams. Now, I I haven't really done a lot of research, but I noticed there's some... They're kind of like Instagram models, you could say. Like their pictures are influencers, like whatever they are. But it's basically good-looking women saying, "Hey, if you want to join my fantasy football league and play versus me, send me your, you know, twenty scams, whatever money scam." Then there's another one I noticed that was uh, apparently she's a swinger. And the payouts to the league after you send in like your $100 buy-in is first place gets to bang her, second place gets uh, free cam work with her and her husband doing stuff what together. What the hell? Third place, I think, was the same payout. But still, like, if you want to be in a fantasy football league with somebody, meet them in person. Do not, do, do not, oh my goodness. If someone gets caught doing this, you are a fool. You are a Friday fool. Like, I can't even believe this is a real thing. If you get caught doing this, 
please come on our podcast and share your experience so I can laugh at you. I can yell at you the entire time. Also, this got me thinking. I've got a deck upstairs in my room after this. Let's take some shots of me, you know, in maybe a scandalous way off my porch and send it out on Twitter and be like, starting up a new fantasy league. Who's in? Dude, like, and look. Ani just said it. We will call you out for this scam if you do it. But that's what friends are for, to let you know that you've done something stupid. Like, it, this is stupid if you're falling for this. I like, I like the terminology Friday fool. I think every Friday now we have, to, we have to dedicate one person as this Friday's fool. I have one. All right. I have one. And I, I asked you before the pod if you saw this or not, and um, you said you didn't. Hashtag Friday fool. I'm giving it to Antonio Brown. Oh, what what did he do this time? Is he holding out again? Does he demand a trade? No. Uh, have you seen the the picture of his feet that he posted? No. All right. I just dropped it in our rundown. Uh, Antonio's Antonio Brown's feet are horrible. Okay, let me see. And I I don't understand. Like it looks painful. Oh, what is this? <laughs> What does he walk on, like cement? They are or like like black tar, dude. Those look painful. I feel honestly that looks fake. Any cornerback that gets beat by this guy, I, I you you should just retire. Look at him. Look at his smile. Look at his little grin showing off his ugly. He might have the world's ugliest feet, dude. You know how he had the, the blonde mustache? Yeah, this is worse. But but I'm saying like the the. Yellow, see on his feet. Yeah, yeah, the yellow oh. crustiness. Of- <laughs> oh, this is so bad. Like, it's like, I don't want to look at it, but I can't stop looking at it. So I'm going to describe them. There, there's a couple of things to no- take note of. Oh, one, yeah. one, the yellow, dried, peeling skin. Uh, it, it's all cracked. It's calloused. Like, those those are feet of a of someone who runs hard, right? He's... But he's been running on concrete. <laughs> barefoot, too. Barefoot. Like, he's in Miami right now, running barefoot through the streets. But, like, I don't, is this what a bunion is? The, like, like, look at the these, like, calluses on his big toe. I don't want to zoom in on this. Dude, you have to. I've been spending hours. No! And then his right foot, his big toe is, like, curved in where it's it skips past the middle toe and it, like, touches that index Finger toe, like it's, it's bad. I mean, or no, if, that that might, I whatever. If but, I'm a cornerback guarding Antonio Brown this year, I'm I'm trash talking. I'm like, boy, you got the, the ugliest, ugliest feet in the game. Oh, for real? <laughs> like you have to use this. Um, I cannot. I don't know what it says at the bottom, but this is posted on like a Snapchat or something or Instagram. Still, still something. Report that tribe. I don't know. Or, They'll tribe report that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I I hate to say, but another thing, I don't see any socks in this photo. So I think he's walking around with no I think socks. It's, I shoes. think it's still I rise report that. Meaning like even, oh, okay, with, these, yeah. even with these all <laughs> god awful ugly feet, I rise every morning. Report that, media. Yeah, report nah, it. We're reporting your ugly feet the on wor- the Friday Friends podcast. The worst feet. In that I've ever seen. All right, yeah. enough about feet here. Let's do a quick recap of yesterday's preseason Hall of Fame game. Football was finally back. Awesome. We also got to see they did a one-on-one with all the Hall of Fame inductees, which is super cool. I mean, 
I grew up watching Champ Bailey, Ed Reed, Tony Gonzalez, Ty Law. I mean, these guys were absolute studs. We saw Sirius XM NFL Radio's own Gil Brandt as well. Super cool to see Al Michaels shout out Sirius XM on live TV. But to the football, Denver opened up as two and a half point favorites. The over-under was 34, 34 and a half where you were looking. I actually got in on the under at 35 and I felt really good about that. And the final score was 14-10, but it had its own drama. I mean, the Falcons were up 10-7 pretty much the entire second half. Last drive of the game pretty much for the Denver Broncos. It was like a fourth and 14 from the 16-yard line. Ripping was in the game because Drew Locke sucks. Kevin Hogan sucks. Joe Flacco didn't play. And he threw a fade route to a wide receiver. I don't even remember his last name, but he like tipped it and then made an acrobatic catch two feet in. Touchdown Broncos. They win 14-10. They cover the two and a half for us degenerate gamblers. We covered at the very last moment. Were there any other takeaways for you from the game? Oh, last one. They finally they inter- the um challenged a pass interference yesterday in the game uh yeah i saw that it was the first time it's one of the new rules now in the nfl and i also learned inside two minutes if there's a defensive holding call the referees upstairs can look at it and overturn it into a pass interference call if the ball was already in the air and if it was catchable yeah it needs to be out uh out of the quarterback's hand and that that final touchdown to uh Winfrey, that 15-yard touchdown, actually brought me out of cashing in DFS last night. A little upsetting. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. That's what we get for playing Hall of Fame game showdown DFS. Yes, and keep in mind that this game does not count. uh, The Broncos and the Falcons still have four preseason games that they're playing. So this is kind of like an extra game. So I wouldn't really take too much out of this. I know we're not breaking down the, the Broncos or the Falcons today, but I wouldn't take too much out of this game besides, uh, you know, like Muhammad looked pretty good. but in, in He's not going to make the roster, though, because no. he's behind Freeman, Lindsey, and Devontae Booker, and they signed Theo Riddick. But I could see them keeping him on the practice, practice squad, squad because he possible. did have a few shining moments. Yep. And, I mean, he's a guy that maybe in a couple of years we'll be talking about more. Uh, he scored last night. The, the, I, I thought the Broncos were going to bring a little bit more. Honestly, I, I well, thought that they were going to... So I we mean, saw Noah Fant, the first-round pick. Which he I'm played, not impressed. He, no, and I mean, if you're in a dynasty league and you draft a Drew Locke because he is probably the future here in Denver, he looked awful. Yeah, I agree. Rippin looked better than uh, Drew Locke. Yeah, and, and I'm... Within the last couple of days, I've actually been a little bit higher on uh, Flacco, which I'm not saying that I'm drafting him as like my QB two or anything, but in a two quarterback league, he's someone I'm definitely okay with. Cause in my two quarterback leagues, I'm still keeping that strategy of drafting quarterbacks a little bit later. I'm higher on the, the later round guys where I, I could, I'm comfortable with a Flacco being my, my QB three, but. And the only other takeaway I have from this game from a fantasy standpoint is behind Devonte Freeman, you've got Edo Smith who, I mean, Edo Smith is, you know, we all know what Edo Smith is. But behind Edo Smith, it's just a bunch of garbage. Brian Hill was okay. Quadri Olsen sucked. He was, oh my God, was he awful. So if you're drafting Devontae Freeman in fantasy leagues, you should feel real good about it because there's not much behind him in Atlanta. Yeah, he's a violent runner. I mean, he's been a top running back in the past. 
I don't like labeling players injury prone this early in their career, right? If Devonta Freeman comes out this year, continues his violent running style, and then he gets hurt, then I tag him as an injury prone guy. But I, he's a guy I, I really like this year. I'm targeting. I think he he's good value. We're getting him. You're you're potentially getting an RB one as your RB two, and I mean if you're in a shallow enough league, you could even get him as an RB three. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like I said, these games. We still have four preseason games from these teams. I was just hoping for a little bit more from the Broncos. The Falcons have nothing to prove in the preseason. No, no. I think the Falcons could actually make the playoffs this year. They have a very good team. As long as they stay healthy on both sides of the ball. And, I mean, we covered this division last week on Friday, friends. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. All, everywhere. Anchor, Speaker, I don't know, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. You can listen to last week's breakdown of the NFC South, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it was the first game. It was exciting to see football back, but then we immediately realized that this is preseason football and the quality was going to be absolutely crap. So Yeah, at one point I tweeted out the AAF is better than than uh, this game. Uh, uh, uh I don't know. Okay, that that's a whole that's a debate for a whole another day here, but before we dive into the AFC South here, how about you give our listeners a quick update on the Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott situations. Yeah, so I want to take the approach of there. I mean, Melvin Gordon's more screwed than Ezekiel Elliott, but this is not a Le'Veon Bell situation that we're dealing with here. Because I'm I'm seeing a lot of people online, and I'm hearing people talk about how oh well, if they if they hold out, they could get a good deal like Le'Veon Bell. No, Le'Veon Bell played out his contract. He played a season after the contract with the franchise. Ta- like He was at the point where it's like, pay me or let me go. Don't just keep me st- strung along. Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon are both in the middle of their contract to the point where they are going to, they're at the point where they're going to get fined soon if they don't play. Now, I saw Jerry Jones brought, quoted, uh, saying that, like, when haven't you seen me take care of my guys? Kind of trying to, I guess, convince Ezekiel Elliott to come back, which I actually think he will sooner than later. It's not his turn to get paid. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's Dak, Amari, and then Zeke. But yes. I, like you said, I'm not worried about Zeke yet. I'm still drafting him with one of my first four picks. That level of panic has not hit yet for me. Yeah, and look, Melvin Gordon's agent came out and said that they're looking for a trade. Let's be real here. There's not a lot of teams in the need for a running back. Melvin Gordon in general isn't cheap. You know, he's a former first round pick. If someone's going to trade for him, they're going to have to trade a lot to get him. And I don't see any team giving up a first rounder plus signing him to the deal that he's looking for or a couple of first rounders. There's he's he's not that talented of a a back where I see a team valuing him that way. It's it's not it's not a good situation for Melvin Gordon. So, you know I mean the teams you have here at potential landing spot, you've got the Dolphins, Buccaneers, Red Dolphins have Kalen Balage and Kenyon Drake there. I don't see them giving up a first round pick. And I mean they're the, a rebuild. The thing, is, though, the thing is though, they just traded away, I'm pretty sure, a first round pick to get Josh Rosen. Oh no, they gave up a second round pick. Yeah. But they're they're not trading up they're not trading a first rounder for Melvin Gordon. The Buccaneers, that could be possible. All they have is Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, but 
They're also kind of in a rebuilding mode, trying to figure out what they have right now yeah. before they make any moves. So if that trade happens, it's not going to be before the season starts. And honestly, Washington is not giving up a first-round pick for Melvin Gordon. They invested a high draft pick on Darius Geis last year. He's finally healthy. We'll probably see a, a sh- uh, heavy share of the workload split with Adrian Peterson. They have their third-round pick like third down back and Chris Thompson. They drafted Bryce Love late in the draft as insurance at the running back position. He will probably start the season on the pup and eventually become a backup to Darius Geis in the long term. And they still have some AJP. Like, it's not happening, Melvin. Like, what do you expect? You're going to get traded and then like instantly become like this running back you've been for the past two seasons? No, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah, and I I just don't see any team that needs a running back. I mean, the the argument for fantasy is there's too many teams that have two running backs that can kind of bring back the same value a little bit. You know, like, you look at Green Bay. We all like Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams could, could fit in if anything happens to Aaron Jones. Seattle has multiple backs. Chicago has multiple backs. The Giants aren't going to bring in Melvin Gordon. They have Saquon Barkley. The Bills have too many running backs. There, here, here there's we just go. no room for them. Here we go. I'm looking at depth chart for every NFL team at the running back position. Buffalo's got LaShawn McCoy, Devin Singletary. They're not bringing in Melvin Gordon. And Frank Gore. Yeah. And TJ Yeldon. The Dolphins have Kalen Balaj, Kenyon Drake, Miles Gaskin. A rookie again. They drafted a rookie to back it up. They're not getting him. Patriots. <laughs> Sony Michelle, James White, Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, Brandon Bolden. They're going to keep all of them on the roster. And they'll all have double-digit fantasy points at some point. At some point this season. Le'Veon Bell, Ty Montgomery, Elijah Maguire. The Jets aren't bringing him in. Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, Kenneth Dixon, Justice Hill. They're not bringing him in. Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, Travion Williams. The Bengals aren't bringing him in. Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, Kareem Hunt. The Browns aren't bringing him in. James Conner, Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell. They're not bringing him in. The Texans have Lamar Miller, Donta Foreman. They're not going to bring him in. I could kind of see it. And I was going to see it. I was going to put them down on the list, but I, I just don't think that they want to just throw away money to get a Melvin Gordon. No. Colts, Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, Jordan Wilkins. Nope. Leonard Fournette, Alfred Blue, Reichwell, Armstead, and Jacksonville. Don't see it. I don't see it. Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis, Alex Barnes. I don't see it again. The, the Broncos aren't. They got Lindsey Freeman, Booker. The Chiefs aren't. Williams, Hyde, Williams, Thompson. The Raiders aren't. Josh Jacobs, Jalen Rashard, DeAndre Washington, Doug Martin. It's just not happening. Like, I could go on and on and on. There's not a single team on this list that I'm looking at right now, except, like we said, maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But other than that, every team is set at the running back position. Yeah, and so the the I think the argument was, too, that the Chargers did offer uh, $10 million a year. And... And that is not where Melvin Gordon wants to be. He's slated to make a little bit over five and a half million this year. And what is eventually going to happen if he misses time is, you know, they, they break up the contract into 17 different weeks because that's the NFL season. He could potentially be, uh, you know, his checks could be deducted basically every week that he doesn't come by. Uh, so 300,000 uh, plus. Um, if he doesn't play, I mean, he's, he's going to be missing out on all that money and still have to live out the contract. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I would love to see him get paid. Everyone should get paid for their skill set. I mean, he's an absolutely talented NFL running back. You should get paid. 
But this isn't how this isn't how you go about it. No, not at all. And, and the other part of this, like you know, the other argument that's come up is rookie running backs shouldn't be forced to be signing long term deals because their lifespan in the NFL is so short. Like a wide receiver could sign that rookie deal, and they have a chance to sign two, maybe three total contracts in a career that are worth money. A running back only really has a couple of years. So after that rookie deal is done, you're talking about a running back that's close to 30 when teams don't want to pay for them anymore, and then they're looking for their second year. Right. So with the new the new CBA ruling, I mean, if the players are smart, they're, they're going to say, hey, you know, the, whether it's a – a whole league thing of shorter contracts or if it's by position shorter. I don't know what the fix is. I, you know, I never really thought of like the NFL in that way. Right. But it, it does come down to running backs have a short term in, in the NFL. So for them to sign a five-year deal making, you know, I mean, it's good money at the end of the day. It's more than you and me are making. This podcast pays us so much money. Oh my that God. You can't even know. I'm swimming in the money. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And with Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Jerry, like Jerry Jones said, he kind of, he kind of take he takes care of his guys. So you, you gotta wait your turn. I get it. Stop, stop with the off the field issues and you will probably be paid by now. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we mentioned how the, how Melvin Gordon just would not fit on the Texans, Colts, Jags, and Titans here because they're all set pretty much at the running back position. So let's get into our AFC South breakdown. Once again, you are listening to Friday Friends. Catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Speaker, all of the above. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ani323. You can follow him at Twitter and Instagram at OnlySandro. So this division to me is very, very interesting from a fantasy and honestly league standpoint. I could see either of the Colts or Texans winning this division. I could also see either of the Texans and the Colts winning the Super Bowl. The yeah, I yes. That I can I can I'll actually lump in the the Jaguars into making the playoffs. I just don't see them. I don't see them winning the Super Bowl. But yeah, I, I mean, I or getting to the Super Bowl. And the, and the Titans have the talent to do it. They've just, in the last three years, have not been able to put it together. Marcus Mariota has been hurt he, every season, like now and then. The running back, but maybe we finally see Derrick Henry take that next step and be, become that dominant running back in Tennessee. They did in, improve their offensive line this offseason, but... Taylor Lewan is facing that four-game suspension to start the year. Not ideal for Derrick Henry fantasy owners. Derrick Henry is also in a walking boot right now. I think it's more precautionary than yeah. anything. Uh, the Colts are favored to win the division, right? They're at minus 105. Texans at plus 280. I like that a lot. We have the Jags at plus 430, and then we have the Titans at plus 550. So, you know, it, to me, this is the closest division. Um, I could, I could see it being i mean i'm looking at numbers right now and i have every team not hitting their over right i mean colts are at nine and a half wins and i i should actually explain it this way all these teams in here are very even to me so like an eight and eight season like i don't know it's just it's literally going to come down to last second field goals for a lot of these teams 
because I, I think they're all very evenly matched. The Jaguars have a great defense. I'm not a big fan of Nick Foles, but he has enough to just get the ball into scoring position, right? Yes, he, he has just enough to get it done at the NFL level. But the Jaguars' defense, I mean, no Yannick Ngakwe yet. Still holding out. not paid him. Yeah. Be a turp. So, I mean, you got to put that I out there. I saw a report that he's planning on reporting regardless of a contract. So I think August 6th was the date he said yeah. he was going to report to camp. So Same thing with Zeke, by the way. I saw a report that Zeke's going to come in by the 6th, which is, I think that's like the deadline date for everybody. Before you start getting fined. Yeah. I think that's it. From a fantasy standpoint, um, I mean, we'll, we'll start with the Titans. They're, you know, not the favorite to win, but when teams aren't, Favorite to win a lot of games. That's where a lot of offense comes from. I'm not looking at this defense, really, unless it's a matchup base. But they have Corey Davis, who we're we're all hoping he emerges as this wide receiver one. So I've been off Corey Davis pretty much every single year. This year, I have been drafting Corey Davis everywhere. I don't know what it is. I might just be going crazy here, but... For some reason, something in my body is telling me this is the Corey Davis here. He oh, he's always led the league, or not led the league, sorry, has been up there in the league for targets every season. Mariota throws him the ball like ten times a game. Yeah, and and this is the thing: where are you getting him in drafts? Late. No one, no one wants Corey Davis. So I'm like, you know what? If this is the year, I just got to steal. And if you're good at drafting and you start a great base, Corey Davis is a fine wide receiver three or even your first bench player. Like I, so I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, they drafted AJ Brown. Are you targeting him in any draft? I do not have a single share of AJ Brown. Not even in best ball. Do I have AJ Brown? They brought in Adam Humphreys. Are you drafting him in any leagues? Nope. Tajay Sharp, a guy that I think every single person has at least drafted or picked up at least one time in their fantasy. No Tajay Sharp anywhere. Uh, yeah, and I'm not even going to go down the rest. I mean, Derrick Henry, I'm a little bit scared uh, to draft him. Uh, at the beginning of my best ball season, I was gobbling him up. Now that we're getting close to the season, I don't know why, but I feel like I don't want him anymore. I'm worried about injuries. Does that mean that Deion Lewis is a guy to draft? Does that mean that, uh, you know, any of these backups that they have, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I get it. He had great production at the end of last year, but is am I going to rely on him carrying that over into a brand new season? I, I just don't know what to think of Derrick Henry. I mean, I think he's got the opportunity now ahead of him. I mean, he's got a decent offensive line. He's a big back. He's going to barrel through defenders. I mean, remember his truck stick last year against, I think, who was it? Um I want to say it was Tampa Bay, maybe? Or maybe, oh, I think it was Jacksonville. I think it was a Thursday night game. And I think you were watching the game at the Eleanor. And you saw Derrick Henry just bust open for like 300 yards. It was something wild. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I think this is the Derrick Henry year. I am confidently drafting him late third, early fourth, everywhere I get a chance. If he falls later in the fourth, I'm scooping him up immediately. I agree. If he's in the fifth round or... or- Late fourth, that's definitely a great pick. Like the way I'm drafting, and that that would probably be my running back three. Like at that point, if we're in the fourth round, um, are we touching the the tight ends? I mean, Jonu Smith is right now at the top of the depth chart, but Delaney Walker for some people is just you know he, he's just too good to not have on your team at point you know at points. 
No, I'm not. I'm not touching either one of them. I mean, it's. I had Jonu Smith a couple DFS games last year just because of the athletic potential he brings to the field, but I'm I'm not touching him at all. I mean, let's move on here. Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars next team up here. I like Leonard Fournette a lot for where I'm able to get him right now in drafts. Wide receiver position, I don't. I think Marquise Lee could have a very good bounce back year. He was out all of last year with an injury, and with Nick Foles under the helm, I see a lot of value in Marquise Lee late in drafts. Maybe as your wide receiver, like six, who you could possibly slot into the flex and your wide receiver three spot at like now and then, you know, depending on how it goes. But uh, the other parts of this wide receiving core don't really appeal to me, and I'm not really drafting anybody else in fantasy on this team except for Fournette and Lee. With uh, so my thing is I don't I don't like how the industry will put like rookie wide receivers so high, and then we forget about second year guys. You know, like think of John Ross when he came out. People were like, "Oh, he's so fast. We need to get him on. You need to draft John Ross. He's so fast. He can burn anyone. Well, he can't catch. And Andy Dalton's throwing him the ball, and he's always hurt. Yeah. So there is there any love for uh, DJ Shark? It is Shark Week, by the way. It is. It is Shark Week. Um, no, I mean, I could see it. He was very good coming out of college, and he's got the build to be a good wide receiver in this league. But I, I'm one of those guys right now where I'm at the um, – I got to see it to believe it. I didn't see anything from his rookie campaign that makes me want to draft him. On In the contrary, like Anthony Miller, I saw what he can do on the field in his rookie year. Touchdown machine. Trubisky loves throwing it to him, which is why I'm in on him now as a second-year wide receiver. So my my only argument for that is I don't think we saw anything from this offense because Blake Bortles was throwing the ball. So is there potential for Nick Foles now in Jacksonville to give guys like Shark, Keelan Cole, who I heard was it was kind of a head case where it just got into his head that he missed some big catches and he it, it, it came into the a live game scenario where he couldn't just get off it or they brought in Chris Conley who's had some decent moments on you know Kansas City do you like does Nick Foles elevate any of these guys I mean I think he does but not to like the extent to where I'm gonna be drafting them in fantasy he doesn't he doesn't it's not like they brought in Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady that's gonna make everyone around him so good Nick Foles didn't really make everyone around him in Philadelphia good those guys were already good, elite level, and all Nick Foles did was able to get them the ball. It's That's different here in Jacksonville. Like, these guys have to make plays for Nick Foles. I, I agree with that, and um, yeah, I, I like Nick Foles once again as like a, a QB3 in my two quarterback leagues, and even with these, these uh, tight ends. I mean, Josh Oliver's a rookie, they have Jeff Swain from they got from uh, the Cowboys. Cowboys, yep. Uh, and oh, uh, oh, Shag Hennessy, who we've all Shaughnessy, whatever. <laughs> this guy, uh, I, I think I played him in DFS uh, last year. Of course you did. <laughs> but yeah, of course you did. I, I like Leonard Fournette this year. People are saying that he's injury prone. I, I really don't. I think if this offensive system is like more of a RPO. Uh, Fournette will be put into a position where it's catching the ball more, which is great for PPR, and he might be in situations where he's not getting 
as much wear and tear if Nick Foles is getting him in open space where he's not getting hit right at the line, but maybe a couple of steps while he's already at full speed, which we know Leonard Fournette has the ability to run people over. Let's move on to Houston, though. I This is this is the team where you could get fantasy value. Uh, Deshaun Watson is being drafted pretty high, but he can bring it. He has the ability to rush a little bit. He's got a strong arm. He's throwing to DeAndre Hopkins, who doesn't drop the ball. Nope. Will Fuller, I have never been high on because of the injury, but I mean, this guy is your best ball darling because when he has, when he's in the game, he puts up points. He's catching the ball. I like Kiki Cutie. Uh, the only question mark here is what are we doing with the tight end position, which, you know, we're all fading for fantasy, but, uh, and then Lamar, Lamar Miller, I think is probably the best value running back in the whole entire draft. I agree 100%. We haven't seen anything from Dante Foreman to like suggest that he's going to immediately take over that number one running back role in Houston. Lamar Miller was decent last year. I remember a team that we co-owned last year. We had Lamar Miller on the team. And we started Lamar Miller mostly in our flex, but like he was giving us 100-yard games and a touchdown here and there, maybe a catch or two every game. Like he's a value running back right now in drafts. Yeah, he's kind of disrespected a little bit because – what you have to think of is Lamar Miller is easily being drafted as your running back three, which in most leagues is a flex or a bench spot. The guy can get you eight to 10 points a week, which is all I'm looking for in my running back three flex. Yeah, I mean, he's people think he's like this old veteran. Lamar Miller is 28 years old. Yeah. He's not super old. Last year, he only started 14 games. But he had 973 yards rushing and five touchdowns. That's pretty good for a running back you're taking super late in drafts. I agree. If you're if you're passing up on Lamar Miller, the only reason for you to pass up on him is if you have a strategy where you're grabbing three running backs in the first four rounds and you're trying to catch back up with wide receivers. The, other than that, Lamar Miller should be on your radar, it, and he should be someone that you're drafting. I'm not afraid of Deonta Foreman. Going into this season, I was like, oh my God, Like I can't do a zero RB strategy this year. I got to grab two in the first two rounds. I have slowly moved away from that strategy because guys like Fournette, Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, Lamar Miller... I mean, these got Nick Chubb, Darius, Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis, Chris Carson. These are Devonta Freeman are guys I'm able to now get in the fourth round or later and come out with a pretty solid looking team. Yeah, and I, even if you want to wait a little bit longer, I, I'll even add Kerryon Johnson into oh, that yeah, mix. I love Kerryon I, like I like him for his value. I like Royce Freeman yep. uh, as well, yep. uh, which we did not see in last night's Hall of Fame game. Uh, but let the let's move on to the Colts. Uh, Andrew Luck is having calf issues now. I mean, I had Andrew, I took Andrew Luck last year in like the 11th and 12th round of all my leagues, and that led me to a fantasy championship. This year, I'm staying away. ADP is way too high for me to take Andrew Luck. I think he's going to be a stud, but I'm not a guy that takes QBs early, so that's going to be a nah, brah for me. Running back position, I mean, Marlon Mack is Marlon back. We know what he is, but in PPR leagues, I really like Naheem Hines, especially in full PPR leagues. They run, they line this guy up in the slot. He throws the ball to him a lot, like he's meaning Andrew Luck, so... 
Naheem Hines is a guy I'm taking super late in drafts, especially in best ball formats where he could have like a big game now and then. And I mean, T.Y. Hilton is as a solid wide receiver as you can get in fantasy. I mean, the only time I would probably target T.Y. over guys like A.B. maybe and like Keenan Allen is when you get bonuses for big plays, like a 40-yard pass, because he's a sure bet for one of those. So other than T.Y. Hilton, uh, we, we kind of have to figure out who, who we like as the, the second wide receiver on this team. I mean, they brought, I'm out on Funches. So they brought in Funches. I'm out. Uh, Pants are off. Okay. How about Paris Campbell? All in. Rookie that they drafted. I mean, in the combine, the guy, he ran fast. Um, he, I mean, this could be the guy. I, I haven't seen him going early in drafts either, so he's worth the risk if you want to say risk, of uh, any love for Chester Rogers? Nope. I mean, I've been down the Chester Rogers uh, hill once or twice in my life, and then never again. I'm all in on Paris Campbell. And then, once again, I brought it up earlier, we, we seem to forget about rookies if they did, or last year's rookies if they didn't come out in year one, but last year a lot of people were talking about Deion Kane. Uh, I mean... I just, I'm not, I would much rather roll the dice with a guy like Paris Campbell than go with a guy like Deion Kane. And then between Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. I mean, we're due for some regression from Eric Ebron, right? He's not going to post the same numbers last year. If you are drafting Eric Ebron in drafts, do not chase what he did last year because that's not happening again. That is not, Andrew Luck loves Jack Doyle. This could be a legitimate Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard situation here in Indiana. And I'll be honest, out of all the teams in the AFC South, I think the Colts are in the best situation possible when it comes to injuries. So, like, let's say Andrew Luck doesn't play. They still have Jacoby Brissett, who is perfectly fine to manage games. That's a very solid backup QB. Like, even if Andrew Luck misses any time, they still have a chance to maybe make the playoffs in this. I mean, let's. I'm not saying that Jacoby Brissett is as good as Andrew Luck, but there's a chance. Now, the funny thing is, though, last year when we were coming into the season, people were saying this Colts team has the worst offensive line. They are trash. So, but that, they drafted Quentin Nelson in the first round. Yep, and and. Um, but they they came out and they had a really good season last year. They they really surprised people. I think they I think they lost like their first like three or four games last year, and everyone's like, well, this is par for the course. They weren't expected to do anything well. That's why I, I'm a little bit higher on Jacksonville. I kind of think they're in that same position where people are looking at them based on last year. And, you know, last year Jacksonville went five and eleven. So I, I just think that they're in a way better position this year. And that's why this division is tight in general. Houston, we, we just talked about. They have a great team um, on both sides of the ball. The, the Colts, you know, surprised us all last year. And now everyone's all high on them. And I think Jacksonville is the surprise team. Sorry, Titans fans. It's going to be another year where you guys are going to have to try to figure it out. They did. The Titans do have a pretty good defense. And I think all these teams are pretty evenly matched up in, in certain capacity. But... I mean, look at last year. Houston finished top of the division, eleven and five. The Colts ten and six. Tech, Titans nine and seven. Jaguars were five and eleven. I mean, not great, obviously, but that could be seven and nine this year. Yeah. 
and they're going to play everyone in the division extremely tough. So this is going to be a very interesting division to really monitor this entire season. I mean, Titans 9-7, and seven, they're one game away from making the playoffs. <laughs> like, that's absolutely wild, in my opinion, that, like, we're thinking the Titans might finish last in the division this year, but they were one game out of the playoffs last year, and I think all they did was get better. I'll be honest, too, and now that I'm, I'm really de- diving deep into this depth chart, even if Marcus Mariota, who has injury issues, they have Ryan Tannehill now, who's not a great quarterback, but he was a starter last year. Okay, no. so the Colts last year, first six games, guess what their record was? They lost all six. One in five. Guess who their only win was against? Jacksonville. The Redskins. Oh, okay. <laughs> in D.C., I was at that game. They won 21-9. to Not ideal. And then they decided to just absolutely Turn go berserk. Yeah. Yep. So this Colts team is, I mean, because they finished the season 10-5. and five. Yep. Or 10-6, and six, 10 I guess. And six, so yeah. they went, well, what is that? They went 9-1 to win the season. That's they're they're I guess quote unquote the hottest team going into the season. Like I said last year, we were just like, nope, offensive line is bad. Andrew Luck's arm doesn't work. T.Y. Hilton's a smaller wider seat. Like there, and and my point is, this is why you can't always look at the hype of the media and everyone breaking down these teams. Now, I don't want to say I was the one saying Andrew Luck's gonna have a great year. I was on. That bandwagon, I'm not drafting him. I didn't want to deal with the arm issues. So for Jacksonville to, I I don't know, for some reason, I just like Jacksonville this year. I don't like their wide receivers for fantasy. I like Leonard Fournette. I think Nick Foles is good enough that he can get the ball into the hands of a D.D. Westbrook or a a Keelan Cole who have had fantasy value in the past. I'm throwing away last year for Jacksonville, though. The defense played very well. I mean that's because of Blake Bortles. You know, it's yeah. a it's a whole it's a different team. It's a whole new atmosphere here. Jacksonville, especially on the defensive side of the ball, can keep them in the game. I think this season. I I agree. I'm, th- this whole division is is fantasy gold for yeah, the most part. I, oh, absolutely. And that is our AFC South breakdown. I mean, if you want us to hit on anything else regarding any division that we've covered so far. Hit us up at FridayFriendsEmail at gmail.com. You can tweet at me at Onistreet23. It's also my Instagram account. You can follow him at OnlySandro on Twitter and Instagram as well. What we like to do before wrapping up every show is do a little top three. And we've usually done pop culture for our top three, but we're going to keep this one football related here. So we're going to do top three takeaways we want to see from training camp slash preseason. Yeah, and I'll start it off. Um, for me, I, my number three thing is I want to know what the Bears are doing with their backfield. I, I want to know what that running back battle is. I'm very interested in watching their preseason games. We've heard that, you know, there's some people that are very high on Mike Davis, but they do have a rookie there who, you know, uh, Montgomery, who I, I've heard is a very talented back. You know, they got yep. rid of... Jordan Howard, because of the lack of catching ability, uh, Montgomery has the ability to do everything. And and Mike Davis had had flashes with the Seahawks. So I want to know, I mean, they have Tyree Cohen to be a pass-catching guy. I just wanted a little bit more cleared up before I'm diving into uh, that backfield for fantasy drafts. Okay, so I'm going to stick with the uh, running back battles here, and I'm going to Philadelphia 
again, similar situation, but I mean, this is the team Jordan Howard landed with. Chicago got rid of him. He lands in Philadelphia, but they also draft Miles Sanders, another rookie with a lot of potential. We are hearing reports out of training camp that Sanders is right now a little behind the curve, and it looks like Jordan Howard will be the first and second down back there in Philadelphia, but I would love to see Sanders come out of the gate here and steal that number one running back role come week one because I've got a lot of shares of him. Yeah, we've we've seen Jordan Howard be fantasy relevant and um, Garrett Blunt on that team as well. I mean, he was kind of dead in his career, but then yeah, Eagles absolutely. kind of fixed it. Uh, my next thing that I'm looking for in training camp and more specifically preseason is who emerges as Green Bay's second and even third wide receiver. I mean, Devontae Adams is a stud. Is a stud. He's a first-round pick. He, there's no question on what he can do, especially with Aaron Rodgers on the field. Even without Aaron Rodgers, I, I mean, he's been fantasy-relevant, but is it who? who's the next guy? Is it Geronimo Allison? Is it Valdez Scanling? Is it, you know, St. Brown? Jake Kumaro, who people are talking about, uh, which I don't get, you know, this... There's there's just too many question marks. It's Aaron Rodgers. I want a piece of that offense. If, if I'm not, I'm probably not drafting Aaron Rodgers. I like Aaron Jones. I don't know if I'm getting Devonta Adams because it really depends on where I'm drafting. But who's that number two guy? I'm really hoping it's MVS. I like MVS a lot, but I mean Allison is also some guy you can get late, late in drafts. And I'm gonna also stick to the um the wide receiver talk here in the preseason training camp. The number two in Pittsburgh, I got to know, is it James Washington or is it Dante Moncrief? Because as I've stated before, I think it was on our first podcast, the number two wide receiver in a Big Ben offense has finished in the top 23 in fantasy scoring every year, but I think one, only one, which means Moncrief or Washington could have a monster season, and I'm really, really, really hoping it's Dante Moncrief. Yeah, I, I saw I saw some footage of uh, Washington. He looked really good, and I mean it's training camp. But keep in mind, uh, this is part of the reason why I'm not high on Antonio Brown this year. He left an offense with the most passing attempts, and Pittsburgh was not losing games. They just passed the ball a lot. That's the offense. They. They just pass way more than other teams. I mean, they're the Ani's right. I mean, whoever that wide receiver two is, they're gonna be fantasy productive. And Antonio Brown had hundred catches last year. Someone's gotta make it up. Yeah, I agree. And it can't all be Juju. My number one is uh I just want to know what the Dolphins are doing in mainly in the backfield, but I also want to know what they're doing with their quarterback situation. I mean, the, point. just the offense in general, I need more answers. For a while, I was targeting Kenyon Drake in best ball. Uh, I like his pass-catching ability now that Adam Gaze is gone. I believe Adam Gaze kills running backs, another reason why I don't like Le'Veon Bell too much. But we don't know if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick to start the season or if it's going to be Josh Rosen. I, I do see a scenario where Josh Rosen at some point does take over if Ryan Fitzpatrick starts the season because you traded so much. You got to see what you have. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, as much as he's great for fantasy at times, does make mistakes. And he he is not the future. This guy is at the end of his career. Absolutely. So between the running backs... 
you know, I, I just, and, and the quarterbacks, I just need to know, like, what, what are you guys doing on this offense? It, it It's so funny that, like, I mean, we, we don't know our top threes before going into this, but our top threes have absolutely paralleled itself. We talked about a running back battle between a veteran and a rookie to start. We both had a number two wide receiver. And now we ha- I have one, too, where it's who's the starting QB, who's the starting running back one. The Washington Redskins. Who's going to be the quarterback week one? Is it going to be Case Keenum? Is it going to be Colt McCoy? Is it going to be Dwayne Haskins? We don't know. This is something we need to know by week one. Not because of we're rostering, you know, the Washington QBs in fantasy because which receiver becomes more valuable? You, We know Case Keenum loves the slot. Is Trey Quinn stock going to rise if Case Keenum starts week one? Does Terry McLaurin stock rise if it's Dwayne Haskins because of their chemistry at Ohio State? Who likes to throw to the tight end more? Are we drafting Jordan Reed high enough or low enough? And obviously the running back position. Adrian Peterson didn't sign to stay on the sidelines all season. And what are we going to get from Darius Geis? He sat out his entire rookie year with an injury. We haven't seen him play a football game yet, really. So these are the questions I need answered from the Washington Redskins in training camp and preseason. And if you agree with us, disagree, you want to send us your top three questions that you are, you know, you want to get answered for training camp and preseason. Hey, send it to us, Friday Friends email at gmail.com. You can contact Ani at AniShree23, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at OnlySandro. We post the podcast on our Twitter accounts. We use the hashtag Friday Friends and the hashtag FF. You've been listening to Friday Friends. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. And you know what? Start playing best ball now. We're in August. It is best ball season.